Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Sunday, January 15, 2017, and this is the ride. I'm in a punchy mood today. It's a Sunday. I don't normally do these on Sunday. But I am today. I've got some errands I gotta run, and I thought I would talk to you. And the fact that you're hearing my voice right now tells me. You needed to hear this. And I know I can say that with 100% confidence. Because how do I know? Because I have been listening to these and I'm getting something out of them. And I know you will too. I've been listening to a lot of these actually because as if you've been following me lately... You know that I'm working on a book that's kind of a compilation of the Ride Podcast. I haven't really put together exactly how I'm going to do this, but I started to use YouTube as my tool to transcribe the podcast. And of all the things I've tried, that's the far better way to go. But that means i got to put all the podcasts up on YouTube which I am in the process of doing, at least the ones that I know that I'm going to put into the book. So, if you enjoy watching a podcast, which there is no live video, it's simply, you know, just my logo. Uh, But if you, I don't know, if you like listening to stuff on, uh, on YouTube, um, by all means, check it out. Rusty James the Ride You shall find it there But I've been going through the podcasts To do final edits on the text And I'm just trying to, right now I'm just compiling a lot of what's been on the podcast To see what kind of nuggets we can glean And put into a nice book form I've got some ideas on how this is going to be laid out. Uh, We shall see, we shall see. But the thing that I want to talk to you about today is, well, I guess one of the things is that I've been getting, I've been getting, I've been getting the Word of God as I listen to these things. And that is really not meant to be some kind of an indication of how well-versed I am, but how awesome God can use just any old buddy. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm lower than a snail's belly, because God's put me in high places, but I do know that if I were to be sincere... I've been quite amazed at what some of the stuff that the Lord has given me to say. And uh, I kind of picture myself as Gideon. Now, I was listening, or not listening, but I was actually reading. uh, It was Judges 6, I think, is where the story of Gideon is. If you don't know the story, you know, Israel had already 
conquer the Egyptians. And they're in this place where this other army is not letting the Israelites to use the land that they're occupying. So essentially they're living in caves and living in crevices in the mountainsides. They go and they go to try to be productive and do something that will feed their people and grow crops or whatever. And the Midianites are destroying the crops. They're basically, in destroying any kind of livestock, it's just done. Israel is going to cease to exist unless they fight. And at one point during the story, I don't know if it was Gideon, I think it was Gideon asked to ask the messengers of God that had been sent to talk to Gideon. So angelic beings. And he said, why does all this happen? You know, we were rescued from Egypt. Why did all this happen? And the word that came back was, well, you disobeyed me. These are things that have happened because you didn't treat me as your God. You relegated me to a place of non-honor because what they were doing was they were worshiping Baal and had all sorts of idols in the land. So God, through these messengers, said, okay, here's the deal, Gideon. I'm going to use you to rescue the people. And he's saying, but I'm the least of these people. I'm the least of the least of the families. You know, because they're all in family groups and tribes and all this. And You know, I'm the least of my family, and my family is the least of our tribe. And isn't that cool how God seems to do that? And that's, you know, that's what I was thinking of today is, you know, who am I? Who am I? Well, who are you? Who are you? I did a podcast once where I, it's, the question wasn't who are you, it's whose are you? Let's not forget that God has brought you out of Egypt, so to speak. He has saved you and put you in a place of life. Let's not be like Israel in this case where we fall back to the idol worship. You know, we look back at these stories and we think, how can they, you know, God showed himself as a pillar by day and fire by night, totally supernaturally. And yet the same people that saw that fell into worshiping idols and stuff. Now, does that mean that they were just idiots? No, what, they, what that means is that they were human because they were relying on their humanity, the, the sin problem. And to think that that doesn't happen today would be wrong. We have got to combat. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not we. Let me take that back. We've got to let God combat those thoughts during our day. The ones that bring us back to the old manner of thinking. The old man. <laughs> I don't want to think like the old man or the old manner of thinking. Now Gideon, in, in this story, Gideon has all these things. He tests the the messengers to make sure that they were from God. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, you guys are on the up and up. And then even after he knew for sure that that was a message from God and that that was the word of the Lord to him, he still asked God to prove himself. 
And God did. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about how, you know, a certain generation looks for signs and wonders, but they forget God. They're focused on the signs and wonders, but they forget God, the creator of the signs and the wonder. Let's not forget God. Israel forgot God in that wilderness, and it cost them. You know, you have to imagine that people died. You know, they're not getting enough food. They're, they're, they don't have meat. You got no meat. And I'm sure that there were some people blaming God. You know, why you brought us out into the wilderness to kill us? You know, that was a story back in Moses' time. God's answer to that is pretty much, I brought you out of the wilderness to provide for you, but you didn't want my provision. So today, God brought you out of the miry pit of sin and the place where you could not get free from with all of your own effort. He brought you out of that if you accept what Jesus did on the cross for you. He, he paid that price so that you wouldn't have to be mired up in this sin problem. Okay, that's step one. But then the renewing of your mind is step two through three billion. That's how it works. You never get to the final step of that one. But we live a life of faith and we trust that God will be with us to help us make the right decisions, to help us see things more clearly the way he does. It's clear to me that there will never be a time that we've arrived because look at Gideon. Here he he ends up being the mastermind, well, people would think it, that led the Israelites to, to victory here. And you have to read the story. It's pretty cool how it all played out. But God wanted it to be clear. I don't know if it was clear to Gideon or clear to the enemy in this case that it was God doing the work. Because on a number of occasions... God speaking to Gideon and says, you need to thin down your troops. You've got too many. Too many troops. So he thins it down, thins it down from, I don't know, it was way over 20,000, I think, to start. But the enemy was, they, I think they said that they looked like grasshoppers or they looked just like a field that was... It was a lot of, a lot of enemy there. And God is saying to Gideon, you need to trim, trim your, your warriors. You need to trim your warriors. And he gets them down to 300. I believe that's the number. 300 warriors. And God, using the warriors, conquers that great army. But this is my point. Here's Gideon. He's seen the hand of God work in his life. He knows the stories about how Moses brought their people out of Egypt. Miraculous. I mean, you know, the story of going through the the Red Sea. Kind of something you'd write in your uh, history books. Now, God's hand brings this generation of the Israelites into prosperity through little old Gideon. But I know that 
we still have these things we have to deal with and that you know we never arrive because after all of that Gideon got greedy doesn't go into great detail about this but at one point um, I believe Israel was wanting Gideon to be their their ruler or something he says well I don't want to do that but I'll take your earrings <laughs> it's right in the Bible one earring from each family uh, it was basically just payment so they put all these earrings from all these families, all these tribe tribes, under this bed sheet or something. And it was, you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of tribes and a lot of family groups, a lot of gold. You're probably set for life at this point. You know, I got your, I got everybody saved and now we can work the fields and, you know, grow crops for our family and raise livestock, you know, yay me, and God helped too. And don't forget that, God helped. But what happens? As soon as, well, that whole thing about the, the earrings, the Bible says that that was a snare to him because they ended up melting that down, and I believe they melted it down into an idol of all things. Can you believe that? And it was a snare. So he took the results of the provision of God and he converted it and he distorted it and corrupted it. And it was a snare. It doesn't really explain exactly what the result was, what the snare, what it meant to be snared. But you and I can get an idea it's the same idea that we deal with all the time, you know? One day we can be worshiping God and believing His providing hand, and then the next day, somehow we just forget. And we get snared by what the world is telling us. It's the spirit of the age we live in. You know, you need, you need this, you need that. You need to have this bail in your life. This Baal idol in your life. You need to be worshipping mammon and, and money and position. We fall for that. And at the end of Gideon's life, this is the tragedy. Israel falls right back into idol worship and forgetting about how they got where they got. There's a story in the Bible, I forget how it goes, but it might be a parable... And the gist is, you get to a place of provision and, 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 and a good place, and instantly you forget how you got there, and you fall right back into the same old, same old. And it's a tragedy. It's like we have no memory of what God has done for us. Well, I'm going to be a little bit of a memory jog for you today. God has placed your feet on a solid rock. He's given you a renewed mind that can be renewed even more every day. How do I know this? Because he says, renew it. He says that you can do it. He gives us wisdom. He gives us a purpose. He gives us people along the way that can help us. And he gives us people along the way that we can help. God's a giver. 
And he's also given us the spirit of giving. You don't believe it? I really have a hard time giving things away. At least, I shouldn't say it that way. I have had a difficult time in the past where giving things away was tough for me. I think that tithing has helped me get broken from that problem. But there's been times in my life where I've had something that I really liked and I gave it away I think probably just because I felt like I was supposed to and I thought that I was being all super holy and all this stuff. I'm just being real with you. You know, you know I feel like God's saying I got to do it so I'm going to do it and I'm going to feel good about it because I did the right thing. I'm just being real. But once I did it, I realized that something deeper was going on. I realize I'm just thinking of one case in particular I won't go into, but the thing I gave away, it had a hold of me more than I thought it did. And when I gave it away, and I really had felt like the Lord told me, you need to give that away to somebody who, who could use it more than you. When I gave that thing away, something broke in me. Something that needed to break broke in me. And I... I hadn't felt like that ever before. It was a different feeling. It was not just a feeling like an emotion. It was a spiritual awakening, I think. I don't know why I got on that tangent, but here's the thing. There are things in our lives that we hold on to. You know, they might not be tangible things like, you know, an iPhone or whatever. But there are things in our lives that we hang on to and God's calling us to let them go. And we might say to ourselves, well, I guess I'll let it go and I'll let the world know that I've arrived because I let this thing go. Well, okay, that's fine. If if you're doing it in the right spirit where you're trying to encourage others to maybe let let it go, whatever they have to let go of. If, If you're in the right mode I suppose that's fine but I'd say the better mode would be if this is something that's weighing you down and has really been a snare to you it's like the way you treat fasting you do it when nobody knows you're doing it so you don't get to get glory for yourself you simply do it do the right thing and you let go you give that thing away and you might be giving it to God this thing that's the snare you give it to him and I think what will happen is a spiritual like like I was saying before it's like a spiritual knowing that you did the right thing that you can be like the Gideon early in his life where he wasn't snared up he was just seeking the Lord trying to seek him in his fullness wanting to make sure he was hearing from the Lord and giving away those things that are tying us to the old man to the old manner in which we used to operate you know exactly what I'm talking about you know, we all know we all know what the deal is in our life I've got a feeling that 
If this is speaking to you, you also should check out the podcast. I think I called it Let It Go. This is speaking to me really strongly today. And I'm so glad that I got a chance to talk to you. Why don't we go before the Lord as as we sign off here. Lord God, thank you so much that we had this chance to to talk about your word a bit today. To understand your heart a little bit more. Help us, Lord, to be like Gideon, where we're willing to hear you and willing to act on what you've asked us to do. I thank you, Lord, for your word, the word that you've given us, the word that does not return void, things that you've put into your word that are speaking to us today. Lord, help us to do them. Help us to act on the promises you've given us. I come against right now the enemy's thoughts and the world's behavior and the world's way of dealing with things. I I stand against that in the name of Jesus. The world doesn't operate the way you do, God. The world doesn't understand how you operate. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we can understand better your word and your Rhema word to us, that you speak right to us. Clear our minds of all of the junk of the age, all of the things that aren't important, and help us to focus on you, keeping you in the center of our life, not just relegated to a priority cubbyhole in our life, but Lord, we want you to be the center of everything we do. So there are things in our lives that we need help with, and you're here right now to help us. So we give these things to you. We release them to you. No longer do they have the hold on us that we gave them. I feel like, Lord, you're just telling me right now that some of the things that have been holding on to us, they're only holding on to us because we've let them hold on to us. We've already been set free from the thing, but we actually clamor to have this snare around our neck. We release that to you today. And I thank you that we can speak to you in this way, in a way of victory, just like Gideon had. Lord, we're looking for victory today. Clarity of mind, clarity of character, and a wisdom that surpasses Everything our natural mind can understand. Lord, I thank you. You've given that to us today. I ask that you bless everyone within the sound of my voice right now. Help us all to see this new potential you've, you've given to us today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. That was awesome, my fellow riders. You stay in the word of God and you live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And there is not a snare made by our enemy. There is not a snare made by this world. There is not a snare made by your family members. There is not a snare made by you yourself that can withstand the mighty power, saving grace of our Lord God Almighty. And you will have victory as long as you give it up to him and you let him be the one in charge, not we ourselves. And I will see you on the flip.